Getting split Getting ready. split Getting ready. split ready. Getting split ready. For my wife, God rest her soul. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. She's not dead. <laughs> We're just divorced. Unscripted and honest discussions on divorce and separation. Getting split ready. What was I supposed to tell him? I divorced you from the show? Here's your hosts, Doug Katz and Mariah Pleasant. Welcome to Getting Split Ready with Douglas Katz and Mariah Carey Pleasant. And I will let you introduce our next oh, guest, Doug, because I know you really no, want to. You know to. what? what, what there, when you were talking about couples coming into the bank swinging, I was like, <laughs> that was bad timing because it Hands was a great segue. swinging. So, also with us is Jessica Malmquist, partner and owner of Greenwich Law Group. Practices include family law, child support, collaborative law, divorce, estate planning, guardian ad litem, mediation, and parental responsibilities and parenting time. Graduate of... Forest Team Universities, Case Western Reserve School of Law, University of Edinburgh School of Law, University of Glasgow, Beloit College. I <laughs> sat in on a meeting with the Collaborative Law Institute of Illinois, uh, North, what was it? It was a loop group. It was a loop group. And you did a great talk about the impact of alternative lifestyles on divorce and what can happen with that. And I'm just, just like, this got to be on the show. We cannot have our entire first season pass without that. But it was interesting because there was a distinction between gender identification and and sexual orientation and what you were talking about. So start out with that because that was fascinating. Right. So the, the presentation you're talking about, we, we spoke about both gender non-normative individuals, um, which could be transgender uh, individuals or um, uh, agender individuals, uh, a, whole, a whole category, which... Um, I don't really want to discuss right now. As that's because, another show, right? We're that's a, that's to get a totally different show. Um, but the second aspect of it is sort of alternative lifestyle relationships. Um, the alternative lifestyle umbrella is huge, and some people would even consider something like veganism an alternative lifestyle. So uh, this is when it, it, it it's true, right? So um, our, our resident it, millennial is giggling uh, over. Right. <laughs> so when it comes to alternative lifestyle relationships, there are three sort of main big piles, so to speak. Um, polyamory, which is an intimate relationship with more than one partner. It is consensual. It is an ethical relationship and it's responsible non-monogamy. So you are not just with one person. You are in a committed relationship with multiple people. Everyone knows what's fully going transparent. on. Fully transparent, fully consensual. That's that group. So that, a lot of that's, love going on. There's a lot of love going on. Um, but there's also a lot of respect right. and a right. lot of communication and transparency to make that work. Um, second large sort of pale would be swinging. So that would be uh, singles and people in committed relationships um, that do engage in sexual behavior or sexual type behavior um, with others. Uh, this is, again, consensual. It happens with the permission of the other person, and consent is required to have this be an actual alternative lifestyle. Um, and then you have BDSM. Um, so BDSM sort of came to most people's knowledge uh, with the uh, gray books. Um, so that would tend to be uh, bondage, domination, discipline, submission, and sadomasochism. Um, so those are sort of the three main piles or, or pales. Um, how they affect divorce really depends on the relationship between the parties and where it is when it gets to the point of divorce, should it ever actually affect the, the divorce. And when I say divorce, I, I really should put that with the breakdown of a relationship. So 
if you are in a polyamory relationship, uh, you may be married to one person and in a committed relationship with one or more other people. Uh, there may be children that are biological children of one set of um, the couple and not of the other, but the other may actually be uh, the primary parent for those children. Um, can I stop? Because how does yeah. that work? Only one person can be married to the other person, right? So then if you've got this polyamorous relationship, and what if one of the non-married parts of the, the tribe or however it would yeah. work? Well, that would, we would, get a flow would, chart. We get a no, flow chart? I, I'm trying to, well, I don't even know. Well, Venn like, diagram. Rela- just re- relationship. The relationship. Relationship, So family, the person who yeah. is the non-marital person in the relationship, if they want to break off, they're, they can't even, can they go through the court system? Well, First stating, just because you're in a polyamory relationship doesn't mean you have any marriage, right? So you you don't have to be married to be in a polyamory relationship for anybody. But um, one of the things that you end up doing as an attorney who works in divorces is also paternity work. So the divorce uh, or breakdown of a couple, of a married couple, really isn't that different than the breakdown of a non a non-married couple. So what would typically be a paternity case in the court system? Um, Where it really becomes different are the rights people have. So in the situation where you're talking about a non-biological parent figure in a family, um, that non-biological... Said much more eloquently than I did. <laughs> well, That's why we have to, you on the show. To be fair, this is an area where if you say the wrong thing, people no, get totally. very upset, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So if you have a um, non-biological parental figure uh, in our court system at this time, you really have absolutely no rights. That was kind of my question. You, is then... you really don't. You, you are no different than, say, Doug, you would be to me. Right, so um, you are your favorite podcast host. There you go. There you go. Um, But you know, you really don't have a right, so to speak, to the children, Uh, biological children, uh, adopted children. That is the relationship. That is the uh, legally protected relationship in our court system as it is. So, if you're getting divorced, if you go through a traditional um, breakdown um, through like through the court system, right, through litigation, Mm -hmm. through paternity court, or through the marital courts, um, you, the only relationship that is protected is that of the married couple or of the biologically bonded couple. So uh, alternative ways of dissolving relationships like mediation and like collaborative work, um, that is where you need and you should go. And you can do collaborative cases and you can do mediated cases with large family structures. Um, it's like the UN. It, it, it is, but you know, it is the safest and best way to handle a dissolution of a relationship in that situation. If you have someone who is leaving the polyamory lifestyle or you have someone who is willing to use, um, here we're saying polyamory, but it could be a swinging history, it could be a BDSM um, history against the other party in the court system or through social means or through public humiliation. And and, and make no mistake, Mm -hmm. you are still able to do that. Um, Even if you are in your bubble where everyone is, is like you, if you have someone leave your bubble, they will work if they want to, 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 to use your, and we're doing um, something you know, on social to media choices, later on. To and use your alternative their, lifestyle yeah. against you if they yeah. so choose, and they can. And unfortunately, it really does work in the court system still. Um, but a lot of these legal questions probably are very similar to what same-sex couples 
uh, had to endure before they were able to legally get married or if they're not in some states. It is. It's one of the analogies I use when doing estate planning for um, couples who do not have a traditional relationship. So the same estate planning that we would do for a same-sex couple pre the ability to get married is the exact same thing it was modifications, right? But pretty darn close to the exact same thing we can do to protect an intact or uh, intact alternative lifestyle family or, and, and right, I'm more speaking more of the polyamory right now, but um, as they move forward, th- that's what we can do. I've got a question, and this might bring our, our therapist in too. You talked a little bit about BDSM, and to my knowledge, there's a a submissive and uh, I don't know what the other dominant dominant, dominant. I could, the D I, <laughs> dominant submissive. Now that could I would think get tricky once it moves to divorce because you've got these personality traits and even if they want to work together, are those personality traits? Is that sometimes impact it because the submissive person is going to be submissive and the dominant person is going to be dominant or doesn't that bleed over? Is it mostly in like, a different just in context. the bedroom? Yeah, in a context. I, I think as, as a good mediator or therapist, you can still figure out how to pull out the needs and the wants and the desires of each party. I think that even if you are the submissive in the relationship, there are still going to be, in, in the divorce, um, those needs and wants and desires. And, I mean, they do need somebody to facilitate, you know, figuring out what that is. And I would say just because they're engaged in uh, BDSM lifestyle in their sexuality, most relationships, there is an ebb and flow of power. Sometimes there's a greater differential than others, but it doesn't necessarily translate into the bedroom. But there's usually someone who comes from a position of power and someone else who has some catching up to do in the mediation. Mm hmm. And I and I, I do think not to correct you, but no, um, please correct me. <laughs> Everyone else um, does. It it is a very common misconception that there's always a submissive person and that there's always a dominant person in a BDSM relationship, right? Remember, it's bondage, domination, discipline, submission, and sadomasochism, and some of those are more sexual in orientation than they would be in. Um, day-to-day life. day-to-day lifestyle right the the alternative lifestyle relationship of a bdsm a couple or individual is uh, is one aspect of their relationship mm-hmm. it's not their whole relationship i guess i have a question on one one would think and again this is you know i'm thinking not knowing enough about that subculture is i would think that sometimes if swinging went bad or the polyamory relationship went bad that that could be a cause for a divorce how often is that the catalyst for people getting divorced or do you see it other things i have actually not seen that in my practice Interesting. um i they're happier than everybody else (laughs) i have not seen i have not seen that as the primary cause of the breakdown of the relationship i have uh, experienced people being threatened with past behavior for their for their alternative So it comes into play choices. when the divorce is going on, right. not prior to. And I have a, a limited scope. I, I don't, uh, that's not an area of expertise in my practice. I do understand, in my limited understanding, that there are rules and, and um, 
not regulations per se, but there there is an understanding among these couples about how far a relationship goes, what what is and is not okay, and the experiences, the the, the few experiences that I've had with couples who are divorcing because of something that went awry in that lifestyle is because there became an emotional connection to one or the other parties. And again, I my limited understanding, however, it can't be emotional unless both parties agree. So it, it seemed that there were some relational uh, I don't even know what you call it. Um, boundary overstepping. Yeah, but boundary yes, overstepping, yes. But to Amy's point, too, and I think in the context of what we're talking about, one of my very first mediations on my own was uh, a couple that had uh, polyamorous relationships, and so I was thrown into it very green and very quickly. And it's relevant, but it's not necessarily what's the necessary information for mm -hmm. how do we move forward from this? How do we protect ourselves? What do we need? How do we protect the kids? You know, it it's as relevant probably as what anyone does in their bedroom, which isn't always super relevant to the proceedings, right? Right. I, I, Unless the legalities come into play, which right. was my next question. Well, I just want to say one yeah. thing, if you don't mind. The I, It is really important to understand that the alternative lifestyle relationships, they are so strongly centered on transparency mm -hmm. and consent and um, permission mm -hmm. that their relationships as a general rule from my experience the boundaries and the clarity that they have in their behaviors and what is allowed and what is not allowed and their relationship is so strong that it can actually make it a bit easier to deal with the couple and whomever may be leaving the couple or if that's the situation it, it just there is so much communication that, you know, even sometimes attorneys, I don't need to know that, right? Yeah. It's, it's not really applicable to getting married, but you can see just how much communication and consent and transparency. That was going to be my question yeah. is how yeah. open are people at, you know, in, in therapy as well, mm -hmm. talking about that? Is there, you know, again, it's it's a alternative lifestyle. So right. perceived differently or do people, are people open about that when, when you deal with them? Absolutely. I mean, I think sex is a, a natural function in humans. And if you are um, going to your therapist and, and not talking about it, that's probably a problem, right? Because it's mm -hmm. something we all do, or maybe we'll not do. Is or... sex the root of all divorce? <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> so, Next time. Yeah, yeah. Talk to your therapist about your sex life. It's important. So, And, and talk to your attorney <clears throat> about what you have done and what you're doing, right? right? It's I have been surprised at the bench and there is nothing worse for any attorney than being surprised at the bench. Being surprised at the bench with someone's sexual behavior or alternative lifestyle relationships in front of a judge, in front of a courtroom of people, that is not the place. Please be as open with your attorney if you are having a breakdown of an alternative relationship as you would be and should be with your therapist. Yes. One quick question. Um, paternity. Yes. In swinging relationships has got to be even more complicated, correct? Because so it's, it's, it's been a while since I've dealt with um, a swinging case. Um, okay. it, it's not coming through the doors as much, or at least in my office, it's not. Um, but it's my understanding from you know, speaking to people and, and um, that when when a couple is choosing 
or an individual is choosing to engage in the swinging lifestyle, um, if there is any chance that they may be looking to have children or they may be hoping to get pregnant or there's the ability to get pregnant, such as you're not using birth control or you're off birth control, um, most people do not swing. And uh, to not um, provide birth control protection or to be using birth control protection in the swinging community while engaging in the swinging community is a big no-no. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think paternity is probably more of an issue. You know, when I get a paternity case and, you know, a couple has, you know, maybe dated casually and gotcha. and someone, you know, whoops, right? <laughs> so, um, you know, again, there's so much transparency and so much discussion in most of these relationships that, and, and there are rules within the communities and within the sub-communities of the community you're in. I, I, I don't, I, I have never personally heard that as, a, as an issue unless swung as a as a weapon gotcha Interesting. was that almost too much for one segment and we will be doing something at a later point no it's awesome always leave them wanting more um and we'll probably be doing a segment later on gender identification and and non non-binary non-normative gender individuals non-normative gender you have to work on your vocabulary. I am. I am. <laughs> Plus, I'm in Oak Park. I should know all of <laughs> um, And again, you're listening to Getting Split Ready. Sponsored by? Uh, see Dick and Jane Get Divorced. We mentioned this earlier. Uh, the paperwork and the stress of divorce can be overwhelming. Uh, I actually was looking at the kit earlier today. and It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. It's got calendars and file folders and stickers and it helps you figure out how to organize this massive information that can be very intimidating for people when they're starting this process Um, i know some people are more electronic uh, but a lot of us like paper i still like paper i like to have my list where i check stuff off i like to yeah you know i I know you like paper (laughs) um so go to the website see dick and jane get divorced uh use our reference code of sr2019 for 10 percent off and help yourself get organized as you go through this process. I think it's important. Yeah, maybe we can try and put some like video or pictures. We'll put them on our site so we you will. can see what the box looks like. We will. We'll pretend to use it because uh, our resident millennial was having fun with the stickers yes. earlier as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. We're keeping her busy. And if you are thinking about divorce, please visit splitready.com and take our free assessment. You can come through your divorce with your finances, your integrity, and your sanity intact. Be informed, ask questions, and be split ready.